from college, from campus and beyond. We've done Vita together, which was um, a little tax nonprofit that, that we used to work at. And she's here today to talk a little bit about herself. How are you doing, Anna? Hi, thank you, Mo. Um, hi, everyone. My name is Anna Hagopian. Um, like you mentioned, we've gone to Cal State Northridge together. I'm currently working as a assurance associate at Price Waterhouse Cooper, but for the sake of this podcast, let's keep it to PWC. I a little about myself is I grew up in Southern California most of my life. I've worked around different sectors of accounting, finance, and government. I have to say I started my professional career in the library in my neighborhood, and I I branched out into more financial and business aspects of the library, which introduced me to focus more on the finance and accounting side of things. Originally, I wanted to go to law school, so I attended Pasadena City College to save a little money by going to a community college. I Once I transferred to Southgate Northridge, and I was immediately drawn into the accounting group that I met, including people like Mo, where accounting is not their only goal, but they share business minds. And I have to say from there is where I just grew as an accounting professional and I have to thank everything from, you know, Eason's program to the community there to where I am today. That's definitely true. I know, like, just from being active with you on campus, you kind of had your hand in, like, every different pot that there was, so... You know, it it did kind of inspire a little bit more of like having a business mind and seeing people around that that had that same sort of mentality. So just even start beyond your college and even before college, what really even got you interested in being engaged or being active um, in different types of things? Like um, not only were you doing accounting, but you were also doing financial type things. You were also taking leadership positions. You were also active in a variety of different clubs, um, from what I remember on campus. So what really mm-hmm. got you interested in doing that or starting in doing that? I have to start back a little in high school when I was always that kid that was, again, I've, I've never changed since high school where I always wanted to be active with whatever there was. Uh, in high school... I kind of went with wherever my friends went, and that kind of, I kind of built a habit out of that. So when I started working at the library, originally, I was still young. I was 18. Everything seemed new and cool to me, Uh, but um, one of my hobbies was obviously reading. You know, working at a library and being a huge reader is, you know, a dream come true, but as I got to worked there longer. I was that was my first real job. And working there for five years, I started I have to say I started from the bottom and reached to like a supervisor position with no aspirations of ever going to a library school, no future working in, you know, public services in the government setting. But the fact that I was very motivated with the projects I got assigned and some of the projects I actually worked on is team programming. 
it started off something small, like, oh, we don't have enough team books. We don't have enough volunteer opportunities. I brought that up to my supervisor, and she allowed me a little bit of, you know, um, freedom over, you know, oh, you can take new books. You can, you know, uh, make volunteer opportunities. And then I, I took that opportunity. She would never let me get, give me permission for anything. Hmm. Um, and I had, you know, I always close with my coworkers wherever I go. I try and make them my best friends because realistically your coworkers will know more about you than anybody else in the world. That's definitely true. And yes. So we started, they started getting involved with our project, with my project. And one day my supervisor comes to us and says, hi, can you please submit a grant for, uh, you know, she just came up to us and said, hey, here's a grant that you can apply for more funding for your program. And I said, great. So my friend and I applied, and we ended up getting $10,000 for funding these programs. So we used that money to start um, funding. We first started with a volunteer project. And at that time, I was a little busy with my accounting school obligations and such. So I had to hand that project off, project off to my coworker. But the end result of that grant was a more robust and unique team programming, which if you guys ever look up, you know, Glendale Public Library teen opportunities, there is so much opportunity. And all it took was just one person who wanted to spread their passion within their work. And that was the end result. Yeah, see, that's great. I mean, I feel like from what I've seen generally with a lot of students or just coming into a lot of different positions, you really just do need to kind of foster or create a sense of curiosity to be able to even start opportunities. And I think a lot of people now, especially youth coming in, have this kind of crisis where um, they're not really sure what they want to do, but also don't really want to get involved by starting trying anything because there's this fear of if I fail this, or if I don't do very well on my first go, then I'm just a failure, or I just can't do this, or there's too much stress on there. So uh, it's really cool that you're yeah. really motivated. I have to say a part of it has to be non-monetary uh, motivation, just because I did not get any extra hours out of this. I did not get a promotion out of this. And I knew that was I wasn't going to get anything out of it except a good job, or not even any acknowledgement. So I think a lot of people my age are either limited by pursuing these kinds of passions by either time, money, or just, you know, there needs to be the end result when sometimes you just want to do it just because you love it. That's true. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Like for a lot of people that start, they don't know what they love or what they want to do. I think it depends on like your personality type. Um, because you are already like very involved in a lot of stuff and this isn't really to give any kind of excuse, but this is just something that I feel or really see in the environments that I've been around is that there's, there's that lack of motivation. But I really like the point that you hit on about having a non-financial or like non, um, monetary based 
thought or like saw a little bit more beyond that in the sense that sometimes you should be able to accept a little bit less pay if the opportunity is good at the beginning of your career because you're still trying to get foundations, you're still trying to learn new skills, you're still trying to get that experience under your belt. So if you could do that, then you know that your negotiating power is going to be a lot higher down the line. Um, I don't know if that's a point that you would agree with or not. I do definitely agree with it. And nobody's expecting, for, for some people that are trying to get their business going, uh, such as yourself, um, it definitely takes a lot of effort and sometimes personality. So if you're the type of person that's not really confident or you feel like you don't have a solid network to back you up, like myself at the time, I would say, you know, you can, it never hurts to just take the opportunity with whatever you already have. You know, if you work for, you know, such as myself, a big four, you have endless resources and um, networks at your hand. All it takes is just one tiny little, you know, question, like, can I do this? Or it's something tiny. I, I definitely did not expect that grant to ever happen to um, my project. All I did was ask the one simple question and, you know, actually show that I'm doing work on it. You know, one thing that people want to see is progress with whatever you're doing, even if it's tiny. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's definitely true. I think just being able to put yourself out there and getting comfortable with being uncomfortable might really be the key factor or the it factor for a lot of career opportunities in this day and age, because we're in such a a really awkward time where the, the the job market shifts every day and then the skills that are that are needed or the skills that are in demand also change pretty frequently. So just getting comfortable with not always knowing your environment or not always knowing exactly what what you're doing at all times will probably get you a lot further ahead. So what I would also ask too is because you yourself have always been on this driven path. And from what I remember, you had your offer with PwC a couple of years before you had even graduated. So how did that come to be? And did you have any kind of struggles in between? Yeah, I mean, counting was kind of like a natural route for me since I've always been the generic explanation, I like to deal with finances, I like to keep things organized, keep things consistent, you know, everything that comes with an accounting um, background. I have to say that just being, I, I, I have to give credit to my personality more than, you know, passion for the technical stuff, because at a heart, I'm a nerd. I like to know all those things. Mm-hmm. Um. With getting into accounting, um, at least picking, you know, the field I pick, which is assurance, or commonly known as audit, you definitely need to be a people person. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. So then, what what struggles did you come with just in the middle of that, of pursuing not necessarily just recruiting, but overall in terms of starting your career, did you have any kind of hiccups there? I'm so sorry. Can you repeat the question? <laughs> yeah. So I said, um, 
just in terms of starting your career and coming into these opportunities, what kind of struggles or, or hiccups did you have in terms of getting your, your career started? Okay, yeah, I'm so sorry. The, I'd have to say um, one of the struggles was uh, not having that. One, if, if I had the support I had in the beginning, I feel like my career route and my academics would have gone a lot more different. Um, when I came to CSUN, I didn't know anybody. I didn't really connect with anybody. In fact, I transferred a year before my official accounting class, and nobody actually knew. Um, and even when I was in community college, I didn't have that strong foundation or uh, network that would have helped me guide to maybe an earlier chance at, you know, seeing other accounting um, opportunities. I just think that if I had known more people or been more active in approaching people about these situations, I would have had a lot more uh, choice with what route I would go to. Mm. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. I feel that because throughout my entire college career, it's been sort of similar because not having support, but also not fully understanding the resources are, uh, that are available to you and just not having certain types of access definitely is a barrier to continuing or to starting off strong. Because I feel like that the earlier that you get those keys in your hands and are taught or shown how to use it, the the better or like the further you can really take your career. Not to say that if you start late that the same thing wouldn't happen, but just being in that same space a little bit earlier gives you a little bit more leeway and a little bit more time to have mess ups. Because just looking at my career so far, the recruiting was always a struggle, especially since it didn't really happen or click for me until after I graduated, which isn't really a common story, but just moving in that direction just makes things a little bit more difficult because your time is cut short. But if you do have those resources at the beginning, then you can really um, take that and run with it. So based off of all that, what kind of advice would you really have for students coming into the market now today to be able to really be successful? I think for um, students getting trying to get started, that's the first thing. To get started, you must seek every opportunity you can within any possibility you have. When I first, see, at least I knew I was behind, so I played a lot of catch-up. I immediately, you know, at our school, if you're known to get a big four offer, you know, first try, then... It's, you know, that's considered a good thing, but I didn't get my big four offer immediately. I had to, I actually, every time there was an email or job posting about an internship, I would just apply. I didn't know if I qualified, and I didn't know realistically what I was going to get out of it, but the fact that, like, it was an opportunity, I went for it, and suffice to say, it was a good risk, because one of my first Accounting opportunities is, believe it or not, uh, volunteering as a IRS, volunteering with the IRS Criminal Investigation Department. Oh. And yes, I, I would never have thought that I would start my career with volunteering with the IRS. And from there, it kind of, things kind of 
improved for somebody like me who, you know, again, I didn't get my big four offer. I was a little struggling with my accounting classes, um, shockingly. So I did more opportunities as a result. I got more opportunities as a result of that one small thing on my resume. Because if you're in accounting and people see IRS on your resume, that's bound to get attention. That's definitely true. And, and that paid off. I got my first tax internship, and I got my first audit internship. And, you know, from, from then on, it made me a lot more confident. I was able to speak more about my experience to students. And honestly, it's just putting yourself out there. Even if you're going to get a no or a rejection or just, you know, ghosted, then that's okay. Because at least you did something. Yeah. No, I definitely have to agree with that because part of what we were saying earlier about getting comfortable with being uncomfortable is being able to face rejection because not every job is going to want you and it's not necessarily something related to you or something that you're not bad at, but it'll be a timing situation. Sometimes it'll be too many applicants. Sometimes it'll be that the position was filled internally. Like there's so many reasons that you don't get an interview or that you don't get a job so that I feel like many students or many of us in general, even at these points in our career, shouldn't take it too hardly when you don't get something because it's not always about you or something that you did or something like that. Sometimes it's just not the right timing. So it's just persistence, being able to continue doing something again and again and again and again if you really want it and then trying to make that happen. But in every time that you have that repetition, you're improving a little bit by asking for valid feedback, by talking to people um, in the positions that you want to be with or be in. And then that way you're able to to really learn, hey, is it on me? Am I messing up somewhere? How do I get better at that? Okay. And then once you've kind of figured that out and then kept kind of going through that cycle, then you move forward. And I think that's probably like the best way or probably the only way to really improve or, or get started. I mean, I have to say, realistically, if you graduate with an accounting degree, you know, like our school, we have endless resources for applying for a job. So it's hard to believe sometimes that people graduate, and I still have people reaching out to me asking if I can refer them to somewhere or where they should apply. Meanwhile, we've had all these opportunities, and there are still more opportunities, you know, with everything going virtual, everybody's trying to um, up their recruiting because nobody's applying. So they had to think creatively to get these students or graduates out there. All right. I think, yeah, just matching that same energy. But even within that, I feel like there's generally a little bit of a, a scope issue of just being uh, – on unemployment, but also like, uh, the general scheme of the, the, the landscape at this point, but that's, that's a whole other discussion. <laughs> I mean, it's a whole other discussion, but at the same time, um, they're kind of to bring up one of your videos on YouTube is don't use, you know, to kind of paraphrase it, don't use your weakness as an excuse. Right. That's definitely true. That's what I'm saying. Well, we have we we have the understanding or trying to increase awareness of a lot of different things. 
it doesn't necessarily mean that it's an excuse for not doing. It's just, here's an understanding of that I'm not in a great place, but it's like, okay, but how do I move to a better place? We never stop the conversation at, I can't, you know, becomes, I can't now, but then when can I do in the future? Or how do I get to that point? So I really appreciate your, your time and your feedback. You know, we're running a little bit short on time, but Thanks a lot for, for coming on to the podcast, Anna, and sharing a lot about your, your background and your experience and a little bit more of your insight. I love having you. Thank you so much for having me.